One of my biggest challenges that I didn't anticipate was shortly after I quit my job, there was three or four weeks where I had quite a few projects right after the job. And then all of a sudden, everything stopped. And a couple of the main clients that I was anticipating getting recurring work from kind of fell through. And I just was overcome with anxiety. I started having panic attacks for like the first time in my whole life. And being alone for me was really hard in that time. That's Alex. She's a full-time freelancer. Her story sounds quite simple. She had an opportunity to become her own boss and she jumped on it. But there's more to the story. Hi, I'm Darby Masters, and you're listening to the I Make a Living podcast. Becoming an entrepreneur isn't a walk in the park. It's hard work, and freelancing 101 wasn't exactly a course we all took in college. It can be a very lonely and isolating path. Most people that follow self-employment don't really have all the necessary tools to start a successful business. That said, self-employment is predicted to triple in the next two years. 27 million Americans will leave full-time jobs by 2020, bringing the total number of self-employed to 42 million. That's a whole lot of people trying to figure it out on their own. It's gotten a lot better over the last few months, but that's still a recurring Fear and difficulty, just the anxiety that can be sparked by remembering that there's a lot of pressure on me and my own self to make money and to be in charge of kind of my own future, which is the whole reason I wanted to quit my job. But turns out when it actually happens, that's really terrifying to completely be in charge of yourself and you know, completely have the freedom to make any decision on your own. Self-employed, entrepreneur, small business owner, freelancer, every one of these titles holds a different connotation. But they all really just mean one thing. You're the boss. But why are people increasingly seeking entrepreneurship? Well, according to a study published by FreshBooks in 2018, climbing the corporate ladder is no longer the American dream. Over the last few years, a significant mind shift has taken place, and with it has emerged a workforce which values flexibility over stability. I think one of the most important things I've learned is being a freelancer is really hard, and struggling with the anxiety of it is so common. I've talked to so many people that have had almost the exact same experience as me. Alex is right. It's relieving to know you're not alone. But a lot of us work alone or are quite independent from others. And the entrepreneurs that we admire are usually the successful ones or the ones we follow on social media who make it look so easy. So naturally, we think the problems and issues we deal with aren't shared by others. Well, that's actually not true. There are more people struggling through entrepreneurship than you'd think. And not to say that branching out on your own is all bad. Actually, quite the opposite. I'm self-employed and I love it. But there are issues that we face very specific to the entrepreneurial world that maybe a lot of our traditional working peers can't relate to. 
If we bring our challenges into the light, we might be surprised that one, we're not alone, and two, there might be solutions. So why not talk about the difficulties? So we know that brand new businesses, their biggest challenge is finding new clients. So up until the five-year mark, that's the thing that they're struggling most with. And then once they pass the five-year mark and they become a bit more of a mature, established business, their biggest hurdle is finding staff and contractors. That's Carly Moulton. She's the Data Insights and Communications Manager at FreshBooks. We talked to both her and Dave Cosgrove, Director of Market Insights and Strategies, about the research FreshBooks released last year. I am chiefly involved in the front-end data collection side of these projects. So I lead the development of questionnaires, the arranging of samples, so participants in surveys, and I handle the preliminary analysis that then goes into the blender and becomes a story. And I'm responsible for finding what's interesting in that story. And then I take those interesting insights and put them into a written report, which we then uh, share with self-employed professionals, journalists, anybody that would be interested in the self-employed economy. So FreshBooks has been conducting research on self-employment for a few years now, and the research released in 2018 was pleasantly positive and actually quite surprising, considering the decline of interest in self-employment in the previous years. The numbers predicted a 75% increase in self-employment in the next two years. We should probably point out that we're not talking about the gig economy here. From the beginning, we have focused on those who are working independently on a primary basis. That is, they have no fallback income in the form of a, uh, a traditional job. Uh, so it makes the, the number that much more potentially impactful, not just to the world of self-employment, but to the world of work and the labor market. This report is on the future of self-employment. They focus on individuals who are currently in traditional employment looking to get out. Yeah, we look specifically at the things that full-time employed people are doing to prepare for self-employment. And among younger next-wave independents, as we sometimes call them, taking training either offline or online to pick up a new skill is very, very high in the list. And it supports this, this notion that you, you have self-employment serving as a stepping stone for career change in a lot of, uh, a lot of cases. So why are so many people jumping ship when it comes to the traditional workforce? There used to be such a solid push for a stable nine to five. Wasn't that the whole point of college? Two of the major reasons people said that they're looking to become self-employed were career control and a career change. Over 40% of respondents said that those were the reasons that they are looking to become self-employed. Last year, we found that one in five self-employed persons are doing something completely different than what they did when they had a full-time job. So the hypothetical uh, example we like to use is the lawyer who becomes a, a dog walker. So literally leaving behind what you maybe trained for or what you spent 10 or 15 years doing to pursue something different because you, that's not the sort of thing that you can do in a corporate environment. You can't just say, I'm, I'm a PR person now, but I, I want to be a, a coder. I mean, there are ways to do that, but the easiest way to do it is to quit your job and do your training and hang out your shingle and uh, learn on the fly. So another interesting driver is just change. I need to do something different. 
At the service level, it's kind of hard to understand what that really means. But for the 2019 third annual self-employment report, we're diving deeper into that to really understand what they're looking for when they say career control and what types of changes that they are hoping to get from self-employment. Researching the numbers and talking to individuals, there's excitement in the air, which is one of the reasons we started this podcast. Entrepreneurship is on the rise, but for some reason, so many of us feel like we're at it alone. Maybe it's because we've lived in the nine to five world for so long. This is new territory, and it's one of the reasons for I Make a Living. Hi, I'm Paco. I am a senior events manager at FreshBooks. That's Paco Arizmendi. He's one of the creators of I Make a Living and the co-producer of this podcast. I decided to sit down with him and ask him a couple questions. I Make a Living, what is I Make a Living? I Make a Living is a number of things. It's originally an event that we started two years ago, and it's also an online community, and now it's also a podcast. And what does an actual I Make a Living event look like? We invite a panel of local successful entrepreneurs, so usually about four or five uh, successful business owners from very different backgrounds. And we put them in a panel discussion where we have a conversation with them for about an hour about what it is to make a living. And, And we touch on different themes every time we go back to a city. The second portion of the event is just as important, and it's really an opportunity for all the attendees to meet with each other. So we have different dynamics and we try to do different things so that people get talking and get into conversations because that's where the magic of Amic Living happens. And and that's when people start connecting with other fellow small business owners. And you've been with the I Make a Living event since the beginning. So what have you seen come from it? A lot of connections, a lot of people meeting each other. One of the greatest things I've seen is, you know, people in the audience that that connect at the event, and then when you come back six months later, they they come and share with you that they met a client or a partner or a collaborator within the event, and now their business has grown. You also see a lot of people find that little nugget of inspiration or or that piece of information that pushes them over a, a hurdle that they were currently facing in terms of whether they were doing the right thing or whether their business was going to go anywhere, whether they should transition to a different business and, and helping people get inspired to make those decisions and grow. I think that's one of the most incredible things of the event is seeing how it actually has an, an impact on people's lives. So I went to the Austin event, and this is the reason why I actually am very passionate about this podcast is because I would love to support other entrepreneurs and freelancers. I mean, I'm in that space, and I think that it's such a need. And when I went to the event, it was like I was amongst all of these people who they were all doing it in community and they were networking, which I think is really important. Um, But that sets the stage pretty much for the podcast. And that's what I want this podcast to be, which is a community of people who are, they are supporting one another. They're networking. They are there for one another. They are sharing stories of how 
they're succeeding or failing or there's just camaraderie. There's something to be said about stories, other people's stories, and knowing that there is a connection, a point of connection there. Because even though entrepreneurship is hard and freelancing is hard, knowing that someone else is going through it, for some reason, it makes it a little bit easier. And here we are, launching the first episode of the season. Hopefully you got a small taste of what I Make a Living is about and the vision of FreshBooks. The future of entrepreneurship is looking really bright, and I'm excited to see how this podcast helps different people along on their journey. In line with this, we want to highlight you and what you're doing, which is the reason we're going to devote the last few minutes of each episode to hear from our listeners. So many of you are doing amazing work, and we get the privilege of hearing from you at our events, but we thought it would be neat for some of these amazing stories to be shared on the podcast as well. So we decided to set up a way for you to share what you're doing, and it's a section we're calling The Center Stage. Hi, I'm Debbie Irwin, and I'm a New York City-based, award-winning voiceover talent who's been the voice of the Statue of Liberty. Maybe you've heard of her. My expertise is in medical narration, voicing projects for AstraZeneca, Northwell Health, Johns Hopkins, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, Johnson & Johnson, Novartis, and Blue Cross Blue Shield, to name a few. I've often narrated museum audio tours, like for the Met, the Smithsonian, the Guggenheim, and the National Library of Medicine. I love narrating documentaries for PBS and art films. I'm a voice you'll hear on radio, TV, and Pandora commercials from time to time. You may hear me on corporate videos for clients like IBM, GE, Oracle, HSBC, Citibank, Revlon, and Sephora. And I'm the voice of God for live award shows. The voice that tells you, Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. For clients like MIT, Volvo, and the Fifi Awards, the International Fragrance Awards. And occasionally, you'll hear me in video games, like Mafia 3. Sometimes, I'm also the voice that greets you on the phone when you call a company, and you just want to speak with a real person, so you're hitting 000 to try to get out of the pre-recorded prompt loop. Sorry. The biggest challenge I have is keeping all the balls in the air as a solopreneur. In addition to being a voice talent, because I have my own studio, which is de rigueur these days, I'm also my own audio editor and booth director. I'm IT, sales, marketing, and accounting. Aside from certain projects that I'm proud of because of my performance and collaboration with other top creatives, I guess I'm proudest that I've made something from nothing. I've created a successful business because of my professionalism, my talent, my ability to follow directions, the customer service I provide, and the speed with which I do it all. And I acknowledge all the help I've had and continue to seek to aid me in my success. If you'd like to reach me, please contact me through my website, which is debbieirwin.com. That's D-E-B-B-I-E-I-R-W-I-N dot com. 
or find me on social media. And if you're interested in getting into voiceovers, I'd be happy to send you my 17-part blog series explaining how to do it. To find out how you can tell your story on the center stage, go to freshbooks.com slash podcast. The I Make a Living podcast was brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting software for small business owners and their teams. To learn more and get an exclusive offer, go to freshbooks.com slash podcast. If you want to attend an event, go to freshbooks.com slash events. A special thanks to Carly Moulton and Dave Cosgrove for their insights on the research that was conducted by FreshBooks last year. Thanks to Alex Rathbun on being open about her experience as a new entrepreneur. You can find her website and links to all of these resources in our show notes. This podcast was made possible because of audio engineering and music composition by James Morris, co-production and direction by Paco Arismendi. And I'm Darby Masters. Join us next time for another episode of I Make a Living.